Yes, a very good evening uh, and praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. I'm uh, really honored to be on this platform and to share the beautiful word of God with us. Thank you so much uh, uh, for considering me to be the best person to share today. And uh, yeah, I believe we are all going to be blessed. Yes, um, once again, Reverend Richard Musinguzi, I'm serving at All Saints Chapel Weza as the Reverend Deacon there, uh, uh, specifically serving in the youth ministry uh, and also the children's church. So that's all about me. And maybe the other thing, of course, I have a wife called Tionam Singuzi and we have two uh, handsome boys. Thank you so much. Yes, um, today we, uh, our topic is coming from a text, uh, Matthew chapter five and verse 14. And the title of our message is A City on a Hill. A City on a Hill. Um, I will read verse 14. It says uh, that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Um, as we look at this text, uh, we need to understand the background uh, of this text. Uh, when we look at uh, the earlier accounts of what was happening, we of course see uh, the earliest one, of course, when um, we see John the Baptist preparing the way for the Messiah in chapter three, and uh, he's announcing, you know, the man who is worthy, who is, uh, you know, of greater worth than John the Baptist. And so John the Baptist is announcing this Messiah who is coming, you know, who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who is so worthy that he, that John is saying he cannot even, he's not worthy to even untie uh, the, 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 the shoelaces of, of his sandal. And he's you no know, honoring him and people don't understand who this person is. But John takes uh, uh, the initiative to announce uh, this Messiah. And so he announces him. And then later on, when Jesus is baptized uh, in chapter four, we see the Holy Spirit leads uh, uh, the Messiah, uh, whom John the Baptist has announced. He's led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And you remember those temptations he went through, how he's tempted to turn the stones into bread. And, you know, he says, you know, man shall not live on bread alone. And, you know, the devil doesn't give up. He continues, takes him you know, in a high place, you know, the, on the pinnacle of the temple. And he says, you know, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. And he tells the devil, you know, it is commanded, you know, it is said that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And all these temptations, you see them. But later on, Jesus uh, conquers the temptations. And uh, later on, what I love there, he, of course, uh, after being tempted, then the angels ascend. Uh, to minister to Jesus. And so Jesus is ministered to, and he gains strength. And then we see in verse 12 of chapter 4, he now goes into active ministry. You know, he goes to do the ministry. And as he goes to do the ministry, he now encounters the disciples. You know, when you read in verse 18 of chapter 4, he now meets these disciples, you know, and, and you know, he immediately begins to call them one by one. 
And then uh, later on, he continues to minister and um, he heals the sick. We see him healing the sick, casting out demons uh, in verse 25. And the crowds follow him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. So this is what is happening even uh, before we come to that text. Now, when we come in chapter five of Matthew five, uh, it says that, you know, Jesus goes up to the mountain and he sits down with his disciples. And then he begins uh, to declare the blessings, you know, they call them the Beatitudes. Those of you know the Beatitudes, you see him now teaching the disciples and telling them, you know, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. And um, he also tells them, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And then in verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth but if the salt has lost its taste how shall it be how shall, shall its saltiness be restored it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet and then verse 14 you are the light of the world a city on a hill cannot be hidden praise the lord and so as i was looking at this text I, 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 I really wanted to focus on these beatitudes because the context is the context comes from these beatitudes. Jesus is trying to, you know, to announce this kingdom of God, but he's trying to show them things that define the children of God or the children of the kingdom of God. And um, I want us to remind ourselves of uh, uh, how. Uh, uh, Moses addresses the, the nation of Israel. When you read in Exodus 19, you know, he's, he's, he mentions here and tells them in Exodus 19, I think that is verse, um, uh, calls them, I'm trying to get the verse, but he mentions, reading Exodus 19, he tells them that you are a, a king, a, a, I'll call you a, a kingdom of priests, you know, a holy nation. Uh -huh, it's verse 6. In verse 6, uh, it says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. And so uh, God addresses us as a holy nation. We are a holy nation by faith in Christ Jesus. And we are a kingdom of priests. And so that's what I was thinking about. And we can also relate it with, uh, I think that is First Peter chapter 2. Uh, and verse 9, 1 uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a holy nation, food, a people belonging to God. Yeah, first, I think it's 1 Peter 2, no, 2 Peter, yeah, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, yes. 
but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so friends, God is saying that we are a holy nation and we are a royal priesthood. Because if we don't understand that we are a holy nation, then these beatitudes that Jesus is laboring to share with the disciples will not make sense. You know, we are living in a dark world. Yeah, we are living in a dark world. If you read in Isaiah 6, you know, the, 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 the writer says, you know, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So we are surrounded by darkness, but the Lord is declaring to us that we are the light of the world. And so um, back to uh, verse 3 of chapter 5, you know, I'm trying to build on that text. You are the light of the world. Now, God is, the, Jesus is telling the disciples that blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, if we utilize the, the amplified, amplified version, it, it would help us to understand, um, uh, to break down some of these uh, texts that we're reading. What does it mean to be, to be poor in spirit? Poor. Is it poor in the spirit because you're poor? No. But in the Amplified uh, Version, thank uh, you, bear with me. I'm trying to get the Amplified Version. Uh, in verse 3, it says, you hear this, it says, uh, blessed are the humble, you know, the poor in spirit. Amplified says the poor in spirit can also mean the humble or those who rate themselves insignificant. Yeah. And so as, as we minister, in the world, as we minister out there, wherever we are, let us be humble. And also let's not try to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. Yeah, I know many of us, God has really exalted us in our different responsibilities. Some of you are managers, you know, CEOs, mention it, I cannot uh, exhaust it. But the Lord is encouraging us to be wine spirit, be humble, and also don't rate, your, uh, rate yourselves as insignificant because you're living your life by the grace of God. And so that is the attitude you should have. And he's, he's saying you are blessed. And he says, because you are humble, yours is the kingdom of heaven. See, that yours is the kingdom of heaven. So imagine you are placed in a high position, but people see you're humble. People see you don't really uh, look at it as an important thing because of your position. People see you, uh, in a unique way. They, they view you as someone really who is like a light out there because so many people are arrogant and you know we work with them, we serve with them. And some of them are even in the body of Christ. So my prayer for you is that you will not be proud. You will be humble. You will be teachable. You will be willing to learn. And for sure, yours is the kingdom of heaven. And he continues and says, blessed are those who mourn. Now in verse four, the Amplified says, those who mourn, are those who he calls them blessed are those who who mourn, uh, you know, for they shall be comforted. Friends, yes, God has given us peace. We have rejoiced in the Lord, but friends, you know, the, the, the scripture says, let's mourn with those who are mourning. You know, if, if, if we are seeing people are being killed, people are being murdered, you know, people are suffering with poverty, domestic violence, it is not time to celebrate. It is time to repent, ask God to have us, and you know, forgive us 
and 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 no and you know as as we mourn with others you know god says we shall be comforted so let's let's mourn with others let's not be happy when things are not okay when it's time to mourn let's mourn because when we mourn with, with others also in time we shall also be comforted in our mourning because sometimes we make it look like everything is okay come on here as we praise god praise god and we are carrying chairs in the air friends there is time to be happy but there is also time to mourn so let's be sensitive as the body of christ and do the right thing at the right time and the lord will surely comfort us and he continues and says blessed are the meek now the word meek the words that are being used in the amplified are someone who is patient someone who is experiencing long suffering you know and, and and as a body of christ we need to be patient we need to adapt long suffering because you know we are living in a generation where it is all about the atm card put in the the the, the atm card in your machine and money will come out and so equally if i need a husband you know just you know college twale you know it's everything about you twale twale but it's a process and so for us who are standing in the gap who are representing the body of christ we ought to teach our fellow brothers and sisters to be patient and to also wait it's always a season there is a season to wait and there is there is a season to reap and so he says blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth so if you're out there and you're struggling you feel like you're left out people are prospering maybe your obis have left you they have overtaken you it is okay be patient be humble and you know learn to suffer wait on the lord and for sure at one point you will surely inherit the earth and if you only believe that will surely be your portion and it says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness now righteousness is uprightness and right standing with god the question you should ask yourself are you confident in the lord do you feel that you are safe in the lord do you feel that you're well insured in the lord can anything condemn you even in trying times even when you don't understand what is happening around you can you confidently say i will boast in the lord can you confidently say the lord is my god i'll fear no evil what can man do to me can you confidently stand in hard times like this and say a thousand may fall at my side 10000 at my right hand but it do not come near me can you confidently declare that no matter what nothing shall separate me from the love of god and therefore you need to stand in your right position as a child of god because you are the righteousness of god through christ jesus and so he says blessed are those who hunger and thirst for that kind of righteousness for they shall be completely satisfied yeah god is going to satisfy you some of you think it's all about knowledge quality let me tell you we need to reach a point whereby it's all about meditating on the word of god day and night whether you slept hungry whether you had a meal in the night but as long as you have a promise you know a promise is the lord is my shepherd i shall not be in want whether i have a job whether i don't have a job whether i don't whether i'm indebted whether i'm not indebted the lord is my shepherd and so we pray for the body of christ that they will come to that place of satisfaction not by money but by their right stand with god and people will look at you and they will see as the someone putting on a smile on their face and they are wondering why is that brother so happy 
even when you know he's not blessed well, but yeah, you're always happy, you're always in fellowship, you're always contented, you're not complaining. Friends, people are watching us. Yeah, hallelujah. And so he says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy here, the word they're using for merciful, of course, you know, compassion, you know, kindness, you know. So, you know, you are out there, people are looking at you. You don't have so much, but you're merciful, you know. You are rich, you have a rich heart. Not that you have so much in your bank account, but you're so generous. You're always looking out to solve a problem, even when you don't have money. Maybe you have connections. Uh, I've, I've encountered moments when I didn't have money, but I connected my friends to money. You know, someone comes to me and says, I don't have pocket money. And you call a friend and say, please, can you help me uh, with this money? There's some, uh, I need it. And you just send the money because it's your friend and you have money to help another friend. So some of you have social networks, social capital. Someone can even give you money but just because you don't want to call them. But there are those who are not, you know, empowered with social capital. So you, you can be merciful even with a zero account. I have witnessed people have helped even on a zero account. So you don't have to be merciful because you have money. You can show mercy even when you don't have the resources. Maybe you have the connection. So it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I have so many testimonies about mercy. I have shown people mercy, but let me tell you, especially in the time of lockdown. I saw people giving me money. I would have, if I had time, I would have shared my testimony. But I remember in the lockdown, I was still in school studying to become a reverend. But I was actually a millionaire. People just brought money to me. Someone says, I feel late to bless you. I feel late to sow a seed in your altar. These are things I would hear and I'm like, are you sure? But you know, it was a blessing. But when I look back, I remember those moments when people would be crying and I would just, you know, partner with my wife and would, you know, help people. And you look at each other and say, shall we handle? But, you know, when you look back and you see how people have been merciful to us, really, we say, surely, what Jesus was talking about is true. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And that is the kind of light. When you're merciful, when people look at you, they see the light of God. Then in verse 8, he says, blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Friends, you know what I'm talking about. When you have a pure heart, you will know. When your neighbor has a pure heart, you will know. You know, people who have a pure heart, they are open. They are honest. When they tell you, I love you, it's I love you. Yeah? A common, you know, I know many of you have stayed with neighbors, especially people who stay with neighbors. You know, you will know a neighbor in hard moments. Yeah? Maybe you're sharing the Aka in the same neighborhood. Maybe you're sharing the same water bill in the same neighborhood. You will know someone with a pure heart. Maybe someone is now having money and they used to attend home sale, but because they are now rich, they no longer attend home sale. You send you, you know, you call them, they don't pick your calls. You know, something happens. And so there are many things that are testing us, friends. And I know some of you you have experienced those dark moments, but it's a challenge to you. If your neighbor is not having a pure heart, do you have a pure heart? You know, it starts with me. And so I, I have also had encounters where, you know, you are in the body of Christ and you seem like you're saying, praise the Lord. And the brother is like, praise the Lord. But, you know, as you go in those moments, those moments when you need a brother, when you need a close brother around you, uh -uh, praise God is no longer an issue. It's a, an issue of, you know, fight your own battles, you know. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Yee! I thought you are my brother. 
And so, friends, we, we are being tested. God is saying we need to be pure in heart. Let me tell you, if you're pure in heart, you will see God. Mm-hmm. You remember Moses was <laughs> Moses asked God, he said, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. And God told me, told Moses, says, Moses, my glory will go before you. Mm-hmm. My glory will go before you. I will show you my goodness. I think Moses wanted to see like an angel, to see, you know, a glorious person. It's okay to see glory, to see the angels, to see the glorious presence of God. But let me tell you, when you have a pure heart, friends, you will see God. You may not see him physically, but you will see him in his goodness. Some of you, you have never seen God. Even me, I've never seen God physically. But I've seen him work for me. I've seen him provide for me. Hmm? You know that scripture which says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging bread. Let me tell you, my children are not begging bread. I've never seen the, the, the righteous forsaken. I've not been forsaken any one more minute. Whether I was indebted, God has never forsaken me. God has never put me to shame. God has always provided me. My children have not lacked. What about you? You have a testimony. You know those moments when you never saw God, but you saw provisions coming. You saw promotions coming. You saw somehow clearing debts and all these things. Friends, we have certainly seen God, but we have not seen him physically as we want to see him. But we are seeing him do good things in our lives. And so this scripture can make sense to me and you, that blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so search your heart. Search your heart if there is maybe bitterness, jealousy, resentment, and all these kind of feelings that you have in. It is high time that you repent. Allow God to clean your heart. If it's praise God, let it be praised God. If it is Mukama Singh, let it be Mukama Singh. Not these you know, religious revivals, which are not from the heart. We are talking about honest praise God. Because you know, when it's praise God, it's praise God. So let us dig our hearts and remove all this pretense and hypocrisy. And let's be honest. And people will read honesty on our hearts. They will see it on our lips. They will see it in our character. And that is light to someone. And then in verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Praise the Lord. So, are you someone who is in conflict? Maybe you are always, you know, amidst conflicts. Friends, we are surrounded by conflicts. Whether it is politics, politics in church, politics in government, whether it is issues of tribalism, let me tell you, Jesus is telling the disciples that blessed are the peace makers. Wherever you are, you are an ambassador of peace for the Lord. And so, purpose, purpose that you'll be a peacemaker if you want to be the light of the world. Be a peacemaker. And he, God is saying you will be called the son of God. That's the high rank, let me tell you. The highest rank is the son of God. For God to call you a son of God, that is the high rank. So look out for that blessing. As you seek out peace in your neighborhood, peace in your home, peace among your children, peace at your workplace, God is declaring you a son of God. Praise the Lord. And so the, this, is, this is what God is promising us. And in verse 10, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Friends, we are being persecuted. We are not going to bind demons. We are, maybe we are binding the wrong thing. Some of you are being persecuted at your place of work. You know, 
you know, there's too much pressure in office, you know, these things will go through. Oh, that is persecution. Some of you are about to resign, maybe. You're like, oh, why? I think I better resign. Who told you to resign? Did you inquire from God? You know, there's a scripture which saying that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and King. Now, why are you living in that workplace? Just because you're, you're under pressure, pray about it. Take position. Stand in your testimony. Don't allow it to be intimidated. Stand your ground and wait on the Lord. But God is saying, you are blessed that you're persecuted for righteousness. Say, if people are accusing you for force like the place of work, count yourself blessed because your defender is Jesus Christ. And he says, yours, he says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. So as you move out in your day, as you walk through the day, know that you are blessed and yours is the kingdom of heaven. Mm? That blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Count yourself blessed. Some of you are taking offense. Some of you are about to give up. Some of you are stressed. Don't allow that stress. You're rejoicing the Lord. Let your joy be in Jesus Christ. And certainly uh, you will surely be blessed and you are blessed. And he says in verse 4, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Friends, what you're going through is not strange. Your prophets went through it. The apostles went through it. You're only standing on the foundation of the, the, the apostles, the foundation of the prophets, and the foundation of the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. If Jesus was persecuted, we shall certainly be persecuted. If Jesus was blessed, we shall certainly be blessed. And finally, he comes and says, you are the salt of the earth. But if, her, if salt has lost its taste, how shall it be? How shall its saltness be restored? Now hear what the Amplified says. The Amplified is saying something interesting here. Verse 13 says, I'm about to close. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its, its quality. The words that are, are catchy there for me is strength and quality. Friends, are we still a, a quality kind of Christians? When people look at us, do they see uh, the quality? You know, people who have been tried and tested, people who are the exceptionals, you know, people who are ranked high, people who Paul says they are like uh, you know, vessels of noble cause, vessels of noble use, you know, those are the kind of vessels I'm talking about, vessels that have been tried in fire, you know, those are the kind of vessels that they are talking about, vessels that have, are full of strength and quality, yeah, and so he says you are the salt of the earth, the soul that is full of strength, soul that is of quality. Hmm? And he says, if you lose that kind of test, how can your saltness be restored? He says, if you're that kind of Christian who is not humble, who is not, uh, you know, who is, you know, not merciful, who is not a peacemaker, you, you are just, you know, you're not even hungering for righteousness. You're just there aimless doing things of the world. He says you have lost the test. Even when you say praise God, people are like, ah, why? There is nothing good in you. But let me tell you, when you walk in the righteousness of God, when you walk as a humble person, let me tell you, when you speak a word, people respect you. These people might not know you on Wookiee Day, on NBS, 
But let me tell you, people are watching you. You know, is that song? They are watching you, marking all you do. Yeah, people are watching us. Two, three people are watching you. And they are depending on your faith. And so I'm encouraging you there. Hmm? Who thinks that people don't know you? People know you. There are people who are standing because of your testimony. And so don't allow that thought, you know, to be people to undermine your work with Christ. Command respect and and, and, you know, you will indeed be the light out there. He says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, let me tell you something. When I hear, when I read this text, it's not about you climbing ladders and trying to, you know, build a proper, you know, some, uh, your career, you want people to know you. Yeah, you know, it's okay. You can use media, we'll know you. But let me tell you, your character, when your character has been tested, and your character has been found, you know, worthy. People will look for you. People will look for you. When you have a testimony, people will look for you. It says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Daniel could not be hidden in Babylon. Joseph could not be hidden in Egypt. You know, great men could not be hidden. Let me tell you, when you walk the right walk, you will not be hidden in your generation. Daniel is gone. Moses is gone. You know, you know, Joseph is gone. But you, I'm talking about you, Sandra, Christine, mention it. Anybody, you are the one living in your generation. And you are the light of the world. Praise the Lord. And so God is challenging us, friends, to come back to the right work as kingdom Christians, kingdom children, the holy nation that God is calling us so that people will look at us and see the ultimate light. I want to close like this uh, in uh, Philippians. Uh, I'm done. Philippians, this is a word of, let me call it a word of knowledge for us who are yearning for transformation in the body of Christ. Philippians chapter two. This is uh, what God is telling us. He says Philippians chapter two and verse, uh, this is verse, I'm trying to get it, verse, uh, verse 12. It says, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, this is the last thing I pray. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For if God who works in you, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And then verse 14. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run vain or labor in vain. And so this is the word I want to leave you with. Don't complain and grumble. If you've chosen to serve, serve. You're not serving man, you're serving God. If you're being persecuted, if you're being demeaned because of the gospel, if you're being you know, persecuted and you're, you know, you're, 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 pressed, you're put on pressure, it is well. You're not serving man. You are serving God, you made a covenant with your God. And so friends, 
May the Lord encourage you. May the Lord comfort you in this season we are in. May the Lord lift you. May the Lord renew you as you continue to serve him as a light. Because the word has declared a, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. People are watching you. People are appreciating your light. People are appreciating your hard service. Yes, you're not popular in the media industry, but God is seeing you. Our great media industry, you know, our media, you know, you know, uh, embassy is, is heaven. God is watching us. He's keeping records. And so let's not mind what people are saying about us. Let's focus on whom we are serving. And ultimately, God will surely bless us. So let's pray together, friends. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, Lord, you're challenging us, that we are the light of the world. And you're saying that a city on a hill cannot be hidden. We are like that city. People are watching us. They are seeing how we behave with people. They are seeing how we handle issues in government, issues in family, issues in community. And so help us to be humble. Help us to be teachable. Help us to, uh, to be merciful. Help us to walk in love. Help us to be pure in heart. When we say praise God, let it be a praise God that comes from the heart. And so, Lord, I commit my brothers and sisters to you. I pray that, Lord, you polish them, challenge them to walk as the light that you desire. Like you challenge the disciples on the mount and you are challenging them to live like kingdom Christians. Lord, help us to live like kingdom children in this perverted world. For you are watching us and you are encouraging us that our light is like a city on a hill. And so, Lord, I trust that this word will spread, that this word will grow, this word will, will be planted as a seed in the hearts of your children, that their lives will never remain the same again. For you who call them is faithful, and you will certainly do it. To you be glory and honor and majesty. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. The good Lord bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank Amen. you so much. Thank you, our dear Reverend Richard Moses, for allowing God to use you, ably use you. So let us receive the word. Our Father and our God, we thank you for feeding us. Thank you, dear Lord God Almighty, for feeding us. Lord, may you water the, the seed that you've just planted on in our hearts that it will bear fruit. Thank you, Lord, because you're correcting us, you're reminding us this evening to be more like you, precious Jesus. Yes, we desire to, to imitate you. We are your disciples, Lord. We are your children. So, Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, will continue to us to equip us for your glory. We also want to thank you, dear Lord, for our, your servant, Reverend Richard Musinguzi. Thank you, Lord, because he has a personal relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, because of the plans, the good plans you have for him. Thank you, dear Lord, this far you have brought him. We pray that you continue to bless him and increase him and prosper him. Father, bless the work of his hands. Bless his ministry. 
bless his family, strengthen him, guard him against the evil one, fight his battles, give him your wisdom as he continues to minister and encourage your people. I pray, Heavenly Father, that he will not tire, but grow more in your strength day by day. So we thank you for your servant, Reverend Richard. Father, in the same spirit, we continue to pray, giving you thanks for reminding us that we are a holy nation. We are a holy priesthood. We are the apple of your eye. Thank you for the gift of sonship. You have called us your sons. You've called us your children, your beloved. You have our names in the palm of, our, of your hands. Yes, you've given us the gift of sonship according to John chapter one. So we thank you. Forgive us, Lord, where we've not walked in the pride, in your pride of knowing that we are your children. Forgive us where we've walked in fear. Forgive us where we've walked in confusion and doubt, in double-mindedness, Lord. Father, the qualities of your children is that they obey your word. Father, teach us this evening to obey your word. Teach us to bear fruit that will last. Teach us to be the light and the, 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 the salt and the light wherever we go. That Lord, the gift of joy, love, patience, kindness, self-control and the like will be evident in our walk from day to day. Lord, we bless you because we are yours. Our reverend has reminded us that we are surrounded by darkness. Indeed, Lord, there are storms around us. So this evening, we pray that your light will expel the darkness that hovers around us. Father, hide us under the shadow of your mighty wing that no harm will befall us, Lord. We also pray that you keep us sober. May we be, may we be watchful through prayer, through your word, because we know that the enemy rolls around to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants to devour your children. So, Father, protect us. Protect us as we go out to win souls for you, protect us as we go to minister in different that glorify you, protect us as we go out to schools, to different projects, to our workplaces. We pray a cover in this world that is troubled. The servant of the Lord reminded us about the beatitude he highlighted being humble, completely humble. In Ephesians chapter four, we read that we be completely humble and patient, bearing with one another in love. Father, where our love for you has gone cold, where our love for one another has gone cold, 
Father, we ask you to rekindle our love this evening. We ask you, Lord, that we will be able by your grace to love one another, even the unlovables that are in our midst, Lord. May we love them. May we see them in your eye, in your lens, that they may see your light in us. Even those who have hurt us, oh Lord, we ask that you teach us to love them, teach us to, 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 to bear the burden of uh, praying for them. Father, grant us humility that we will walk in your strength, not in our wisdom, that, Lord, we will not look at our titles, but that, Lord, we will walk knowing we are brothers and sisters together. Give us patience, Lord. Give us courage. In your name, we pray. The servant of the Lord reminded us to mourn with those who are mourning, to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Our Lord and our King, we ask you to forgive us where probably we did not take part in contributing towards mourning or celebration where we got too busy to, go to, to get involved, where we forget to encourage those who are hurting, where we've not done our part when our fellow believers are mourning or when they are rejoicing. Father, guide us. Help us to plan our time right. Help us to be available to be a shoulder to lean on. Help us, Lord, to take your message of hope, especially to those who are hopeless. Sometimes those who are mourning, they are so crushed in the spirit. But your word tells us in Psalm 34 to encourage those who are crushed in the spirit because you are our hope. So we want to pray that each time we meet with those people who are mourning, that your spirit, Heavenly Father, will speak and remind us to be able to encourage these people to share the gospel, to be able to do what we can in your strength to bring peace, to, to, to bring calmness in times of tribulation, for the glory and honor of your name. Father, continue to prune us, Heavenly Father, that the, the, the gifts of love may edify the church in the mighty name of your son, Jesus. Father, we pray to be people of pure hearts. Your servant reminded us that blessed are the ones who hunger for righteousness. Father, give us a hunger for purity. Father, I pray that each one of us will hate sin. Even the thought of sin, even watching TV and you see sin, you feel like um, throwing up. 
you feel like enough is enough when you sin and you want to go into repentance. Give us a burden on our hearts to be able to constantly repent on behalf of our nation, on behalf of the church, on behalf of the family, where there is impurity. Sin is sin and there's no two way about it. So Father, help us to be pure. We pray that our conduct will honor you, that our conduct will not expel others, but that our conduct will, will bring light and draw many to us and they in turn will turn to you. Father, teach us to run away, to flee where we see sin. We pray for our nation where there is idleness, where there is all form of unrighteousness, corruption, stealing, murder, and all sorts of evil. Father, may you come and clean our nation, clean our church where there is the sin of unforgiveness, where there is discord. Father, these things should not be heard among us. So help us, Heavenly Father. We also continue to pray, as your servant pointed out, that we need to bear the gift, the, the gift of mercy and compassion. Father, we want to pray that you, if you forgive us, forgive our selfishness, forgive us where we've not been generous, Forgive us, Lord, where we've not noticed that so-and-so needs help. Forgive us, Lord, where we do not understand what it means to be merciful. Open our hearts this evening to be merciful, to forgive, to intercede. We pray that there will be mercy where there is injustice. We pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, there will be compassion. Raise men and women to give, to bless others through the gift of mercy in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. We continue to pray that you deliver us from every form of entanglement, every confusion, every fear that holds us back from shining for you. Lord, we desire to be that city that is on the hill. So deal with our anxiousness, deal with our fear, deal with anything good that holds us back to shine for you. Father, we continue to pray that you grant us your gift of peace, that your servant pointed out peace, May that peace that you tell us about in John 14, 27, be at the center of our marriage, be at the center of the family of the nation. Restore peace, Lord, between husband and wife. Restore peace, Heavenly Father, among relatives and friends. Let your peace take center stage, O oh God, for your heart is peaceful. Continue to make us ambassadors that we will reach out, O oh God, and reconcile man to you. For your glory, Lord, we pray. Father, we also want to stand 
with those who are persecuted. Your spirit reminded us this evening that there are those who are living in countries or areas or workplaces and they are facing persecution. We are reminded of your word in Matthew 5 to love our enemies and to pray for those who are persecuted. So we pray this evening, Heavenly Father, that whoever is being persecuted or is facing persecution, may you, O oh God, level the mountains that is right in front of them. May you, Heavenly Father, help them to hold on to you, to see your face in such challenging circumstances, Lord. Heavenly Father, we were also reminded that they are watching us and marking all that we do. Our neighbor is watching us. Our friends are watching us to see the difference that is in us. Do we pray? Can my spouse stand and say that, yes, I bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit? This evening, we want to pray, Heavenly Father, where we have slunkened, Heavenly Father, in serving you, in drawing souls for you, in living for you. Help us, dear Heavenly Father, because we bear your DNA. Father, I pray that we will not ashamed us. We pray that the, the, the words that come out our mouth will be gracious, Lord. That, Father, we will leave room for those who hurt us. So, Heavenly Father, help us to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. We also repent, as your servant pointed out, we repent of the sin of complaining. We repent of the sin of jealousy, anger, outbursts. We repent, Lord, of malice. We repent, Heavenly Father, of anything in each one of us that causes impurity and causes you to turn away from us. So, Father, we want to pray and plead with you. Be merciful to each one of us this evening. Do not turn your hand away from us. Remember mercy, Lord. In our weakness, Lord, I pray that you will help us to become better people, better mothers, better fathers, better servants of the Lord by choosing and genuinely confessing sin, by deciding to read your word, day and night meditating in your word. Father, build us, build us and help us to truly, truly be people who are after your own heart. So this evening we choose to say, Lord, we bless your name. We bless your name for speaking to us. We ask that, Lord, that none of us will live the same. And we choose to continue to rejoicing in you because you are our hope. You are our everything. And without you, we cannot do anything. Continue to give us your strength day by day. Continue, Lord, to watch over us. Continue, Lord, to make a way where there seems to be no way. Give peace and hope to, who, to whoever is on this call and is troubled. Father, may the joy of, of the Lord in Nehemiah 8.10 
continue to be our strength. Father, we thank you because you've called each one of us by name. We thank you so much and we bless your name together. In Jesus' mighty name, we have believed and prayed. Amen and amen.